From breaking news to local stories happening where you live, this is the Jill Bennett Show podcast. Seven minutes after 12, I'm Rob Faye. Good afternoon. Hope you're doing well as we work our way slowly towards the weekend. Fantastic show coming your way. And we're not going to waste any time because I can tell you this, whether you're young, you're old, or anywhere in between, between the housing and all the debt, you hear about the Bank of Canada holding the rate, but it's still 5%. How many of us are actually thinking about uh, retirement? It's not even on the horizon. I'm just glad I got a job where I could work until the wee hours of my life. But uh, let's talk to Paul Kershaw. He's the founder of Generation Squeeze, kind enough to join me here on the Jill Bennett Show. Paul, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and let's get right to it, because uh, you know what? There were the days where it was Freedom 55, and now it seems like it's Freedom 90. I don't don't know where uh, a majority of Canadians are feeling that they're actually going to be able to get to retirement. Is that a common thought? Well, I think it's increasingly a worry for younger demographics. I know there are new stories about those who are approaching retirement, um, sort of as older Gen Xers that are starting to be a bit fearful. But we should recognize what the data tell us. Like right now, if you're over 65, the data will tell us from Statistics Canada that you'll have some of the lowest rates of low income of any age group in the country. You tend to have the highest amounts of wealth. Um, and indeed, that's a demographic that has a lot of housing security. That's an age, uh, an age group that has a lot of home ownership. And we'll know in our region, for instance, that home ownership has often really generated a lot of equity for people. So it's not as if we want to say, oh, you know, we wish an older demographic now weren't doing so well so that it would, you know, they join the ranks of younger folks who are struggling. We want everyone to do well. So we don't want to compete that way. But we do need our hearts and minds to shift to the fact that Here's the reality for younger folks. You know, the typical 25 to 34 year old will have got more post-secondary education than people did in the past. They'll have paid more for the privilege. They'll then land jobs that have not gone up after adjusting for inflation, and they'll face way higher housing prices, which lock them out of ownership. Their consolation prize is lousy. It's rising rents. That makes it really difficult to save for really anything, and that has serious risks uh, for their ability to plan for their own futures down the road. And and while we have low rates of low income for seniors today, I don't want to see today's young people start to have high rates of income insecurity Mm -hmm. when they want to be retirees. You know, Paul, I think as a parent, one of my challenges is, you know what, I've worked all, you know, as hard as I can for the better part of my 30s, 40s, now into my 50s. And, you know, gone are the days of thinking that, you know what, I'm going to have my nest egg for me and my wife to move forward. A lot of times, we're looking in the rearview mirror to think how we can help our kids. And you mentioned this younger demographic and the challenges here, but I think there's actually a, a residual, you know, trouble lying ahead for me in the fact that if I want to help my kids, it's going to cost me. Yeah, I think actually one of the challenges for um, you're in your 50s, you're kind of like, I'm turning 50, I'm a Gen Xer, so you're kind of in that category. I think one of the issues facing that generational moment is um, the pressure to actually you know, address the fact that your kids are facing a much more challenging economic situation where hard work doesn't pay off like it used to. And then we feel responsible to try and compensate for that. Interestingly, we need to start looking at how our public policy is playing out. So, for instance, we had the federal fall economic statement a couple of weeks ago. And if we look at where governments are investing new taxpayer dollars, it is really disproportionately towards later in our life course. So, for instance, old age security over the next six years, so we'll get $115 billion of additional money. That amount is bigger than all the money for employment insurance, child care, investments in the Canada Child Benefit, uh, housing, even the clean economy. And so right now we're kind of using our tax dollars to shore up things happening later in the life course. 
those are important, but I'm not sure we're finding the right balance to kind of relieve the pressure you feel as like a parent of parent, a Gen X parent of younger folks who are really struggling in an economy that's not rewarding hard work like it used to. And so that's one thing I would encourage us to recognize. There's an age imbalance in our public spending. Plus, it then leaves your kids right now with large unpaid tax bills. And so a 25 year old today is actually spending more of their tax dollars towards uh, those in retirement than people in retirement paid towards their seniors when they were younger. And that's a challenge when often today, as I said, today's retirees have lower levels of low income, higher levels of wealth. And so there's a bit of a mismatch with our tax collection. Paul Kershaw, founder of Think Tank Generation Squeeze, joining me here on The Joe Bennett Show for a couple more moments. Uh, There's always the old adage, don't bring me your problems, bring me your solutions, Paul. What can I do to make sure that maybe I can hurdle some of these challenges and find my way to some decent wealth as I get older? Yeah, well, I think we really need to think about it at the systems level as much as what you can do in your individual households. It's hard to put your nose to the grindstone and work our way out of an economy right now that isn't rewarding hard work like it used to because we've lost control of home prices. And so I think we need to turn our attention to the following kind of structural issues. Hey, provincial government, you've never before provided an age analysis of your spending or revenue collection probably time to do that to make sure we're finding the right balance. And at the federal level, let's launch like a uh, task force on generational fairness so that we can make sure our country is really working well for young and old alike. Because ultimately, we want BC and Canada to work for all generations. There's opportunities to do that. We need to make some adjustments to our public policy to address the new realities of an economy that isn't unfolding as well or fairly for young folks as it did in the past. That's some great insight, Paul. Thank you for your time today. Let's do this again. Look forward to it. Cheers. Thirty-four minutes after twelve, Rob Faye in for Jill all week. I love this segment because eventually I find some deals as to where I might be able to slip away for a couple of days for a holiday. To do that, always Claire Newell, kind enough to join us from Travel Best Bets. Claire, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Rob. It's great to chat with you. And you know what? They everyone kind of waits for the deals at the yes. end. Yes, but there's so much to talk about in travel news today. So um, I thought I would start with a cool new feature, and I think this is really important for those who especially travel with mobility aids, mm-hmm. because um, we have been reporting probably all year. I feel from time to time on situations with people having, especially. Um, scooters and wheelchairs that have been either damaged or they don't arrive uh, when the actual passenger arrives. So Air Canada has actually announced a new feature for its mobile app that will enable customers traveling within Canada to actually track the progress of their baggage and mobility aid in real time as it moves with them through the journey. So um, right now it will be in Canada and that hopefully it will be expanded to the airline's U.S. flights next year, they say, and then over time to select international destinations. But I think this is really important for for really anyone who's traveling with something that's really important to them. Well, I also think, Claire, that mobility aids are pretty expensive. I mean, it's not something like just losing the good old bag or a handbag. I mean, these wheelchairs or what have you, uh, they're a couple thousand dollars at times, and this is a big deal. Yeah, they can be tens of thousands yes. in some cases, and they can be, you know, the the just so necessary. And if it's damaged, it can be very hard, very expensive, and very time-consuming to replace. So I think this is important. Uh, I was looking at a study earlier this year about all airlines in North America, and it was something like um, 10% of the, the the flights of people traveling with mobility aids 
there was a situation with it, whether it was damaged, delayed, lost. Wow. So that has to improve. And so I know that our candidate is really committed to it. And, and that's, that is good news. Another good news story I wanted to share was that tourism employment in Canada is poised to exceed pre-pandemic levels by 2024. I say this with a little bit of, um, qualification and I'm going to kind of get into that. This is projected by Tourism HR Canada. And it's anticipated that over 2 million Canadians will be employed in this sector by the end of this year, which compared to 29 figures, so pre-COVID, we're almost at nine, just over 97%. Um, and they're expecting about 7.5% increase in tourism jobs by 2027. However, that said, there are industry nuances in mm. the recovery timelines and accommodation. So your hotels and resorts and transportation, so airlines, of course, will be included. Those ja uh, jobs are going to be lagging until 2026. And I've been saying that for a while. Um, recreation and er entertainment surpassed 2019 levels in 2022. Um, so it's it, it'll be interesting to watch this because over the holidays, we're going to start to notice if there are staffing shortages. That's where things go kind of haywire, um, you know, because flights can't go if they don't have pilots and if they don't have... Um, flight crew and things. So when you have a shortage of staff and you have weather and you have like flu season going around, it can cause some chaos. And I am hoping it is nothing like it is, uh, like it was last year, because I think everyone remembers just how awful it was over the holidays last year here in Canada, but all over North America. Before we get to the deals, I want to ask you about this first ever self-service security option that the TSA is looking at uh, introducing, because yeah. I know there's pre-check, but this is the next level? Next level. Um, this is going to be like a, the first ever self-service security option, but it is for um, eligible TSA pre-check travelers, likely for those here in Canada who have Nexus or global entry, and it's hoping to expedite the whole security process. It's going to be starting in Las Vegas next month, and they're they're working to, to try and explore some technologies. I think there's three companies that are involved um, to see which one works best, and hopefully it will be ruled out because... It will be, it just will help things. And I know we here in, at YBR have some really great quick um, kiosks that, the, the, I guess the person speaking on this in the, in the um, press really said that they likened it to self-ordering restaurant kiosks. So, you know, you, oh, wow. you just touch screen and take your, take your photo and that type of thing. So, and it, and it verifies all the documentation, but to expedite that, it, you know, it, it's just the start of something that could be very widespread and really make it easy, especially if you have a, a TSA pre-check kind of uh, categorization. Claire, I have never been on a 29-night world cruise, and I've never <gasps> been to 10 countries all in one shot. Am amidst your deals, uh, some pretty big cruise options. Yeah, that is a big one. It's a, it is a 29 uh, 29 night calling it a world cruise. It does hit 10 countries. As you mentioned, it's sailing October 23rd of next year. It is 29 nights and it's sailing from Rome all the way to Singapore. So you go through the Suez Canal. It's a fantastic itinerary. And I thought a good price. Um, the lowest category is sold out, but, um, 29.99 taxes of 686 and it's a uh, it's a great ship but the details are on the website for that i also thought did you see the honolulu one um it's just a small pocket but i thought it was also a good deal january 21st through until february 1st so kind of those last days 10 mm -hmm. days of january but air and seven nights hotel for 899 the taxes 
of two ninety six. Um, and then I thought the the Vegas deal for those who kind of want to get away after the holidays, if you can go between January fifteenth and March twelfth, air in three nights hotel for two thirty nine. The tax is almost the same two oh three, uh, but there are some really good deals. I do expect that next week we are going to see some um, not Black Friday. What is it? Uh, Boxing Day sales start to come out. I've been I had some conversations with some uh, companies here in Canada earlier this morning, and they were saying, yep, Claire, we're going to start to see some. And I'm like, give me it as soon as you have it. Um, and I will share it, share some. If, if they have come out, I will share some next week during this segment because they have. I've been told they're going to be good. Well, I look forward to it. And you know what? I wish I saw this Honolulu thing a little bit sooner. We just bought our tickets to go over to the island uh, a week before January the 21st, and uh, I think it cost almost double that. So, wow. lesson learned. Oh, okay, Rob. Oh, well. <laughs> we got to stay in contact a little more frequently. You better believe it. Anyway, thanks so much for having me. And I guess I'm back with Jill next week. You are. Thank you, Claire. I do appreciate your time today. Thanks, Rob. Rob Fain for Jill, 234 here in Vancouver. You know, I hate doing stories like this. I really do. To think that there's opportunists out there just at every turn waiting to steal your cash. But we do have to bring this up. So we're going to do the 12 scams of Christmas, and I can't do it by myself. So we go to Nisha Hoti, Director of Marketing and Communications with the Better Business Bureau. They serve the mainland BC and the Yukon. Nisha, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're right. We do need to talk about it. We do. And you know what? I'm going to start with the one that tugs at my heartstrings the most, puppy scams. Tell me that you guys don't get reports on puppy scams because there's a lot of families out there right now that are looking to add a furry friend to the household. But uh, I guess we have to be careful. I knew you were going to go there. And it is. It's the one that is kind of feels like just the worst, right? You can only imagine having a young child get super excited, opening a box, and you find a little, like, puppy in there. It's a big, exciting thing from Santa. Um, Unfortunately, there are so many ways that that can go wrong. Uh, One of the things is the fact that when you are choosing a puppy, you're often choosing it from a litter that's just been had, and a puppy will stay with its mom for a little bit longer before it goes to the new home. Now, in that time frame, people will pick a puppy and send a deposit, sometimes without having gone and seen them. And so what happens is someone might take your deposit and disappear on you with no puppy. Another version of this scam is they'll say, hey, you know what, there's a specialty crate that we need to, you know, bring the puppy to you or ship the puppy to you, whatever it may be. And in that time, they're also, again, taking that extra dollar from you, but not actually fulfilling the request. And so these are things you have to be really mindful of. Uh, I really highly suggest that you go to a breeder that you can get referrals for, that that has a reputation, someone that you know you can trust. Well, you know, gosh, I hate that we started with that one myself. But you know what? This one I'm guilty of. I actually have fallen victim to this once myself. Fake shipping notifications. And we get these all the time because a lot of us shop online. And then we assume that, you know, Canada Post is going to bring it or FedEx is going to bring it. But um, this phishing email scheme right now with all these links to unwanted access to your information, they basically say, hey, you've got a new shipping fee. We've had to make the adjustment. You just got to pay us a couple of bucks. This is a problem. 
huge problem, and they're happening more and more often. This is not just an actual uh, holiday scam. This is all year round. And so what's happening is you'll get a text message, you'll get an email, and it'll say that, hey, you know what, your delivery didn't go through, or there's an additional cost, all sorts of things. I got a text message yesterday that I had to look at twice just to be sure. I know I have a lot of packages coming in, and I, I want to keep track of them, but this is a really easy way to trick people. So two things can happen. I could have clicked the link and it could have asked me for information. So there's an identity theft piece to this. The other option is, oh, hey, you had to pay some extra fees. You've paid those fees, these, you know, duties or shipping fees, etc. And off you go. The money's gone and has nothing to do with your shipment at all. Nisha Hody is a director of marketing and communications with the Better Business Bureau joining us here on the Jill Bennett Show. I, I'm almost saying it all as one big word because there's so many things I want to get to here. My family, God bless them, they have hearts of gold and they always donate to charities this time of year. But there are a couple out there that aren't actually charities. Yeah, so this is another thing. I mean, you're going to get a lot of people asking for you to give during the holidays. And again, I'm not saying don't have your heartstrings or your purse strings open for the charities that count and matter to you. Absolutely do that. But one of the things that you have to be careful about is who are you giving your money to and do you know that they are legitimate? So if all of a sudden you get um, kind of like an impromptu request or someone says, hey, you know, you should donate to this cause that you've never heard about it, but it's coming to you through what seems like a verifiable friend or someone that you might trust, just make sure you're doing that due diligence and you're making sure that they are legitimate. So there's a, our, the BBB has a website called give.org. Also, just do the research, right? Search them on the Internet and put in the word scam or fraud. We suggest you do that with businesses as well. And just go to their official website. Be sure that you align with what their goals are or just be sure to give to charities that you know and trust something that's just popped up and says that they're collecting money for X may not actually be doing so. You know, of all these 12, Nisha, and I appreciate you really breaking these down, this is one I didn't think of, fake employers for seasonal jobs. I mean, retailers typically hire seasonal workers, you know, because they've got all this demand. But with Boxing Day coming down the line, shippers and delivery services are actually the top holiday employer this year because of the increase for all the online orders. But not everybody is reputable. Yeah, absolutely. And so, again, this is another interesting one. These ones are really meant to get either your information or usually fees. And so what happens is they'll say, as you said, you know, we need extra employees. It's a busy time of year. Maybe you're becoming a warehouse redistribution coordinator or some type of similar, similar um, title. You could be reshipping stolen goods. How wild is that? Hmm. I, you don't even think about what you could be doing. Or they're asking you for a lot of information, including your SIN number, your banking information, and off they go with that. Or they've said, hey, you know what? For you to complete this task, this job, you require XYZ equipment. And so you've now put up money up front. They'll say they're going to reimburse you in your first check. So you've purchased XYZ equipment and then you don't get reimbursed. And so, again, I know this all sounds very, you know, you can't trust anyone. But what I say is it's about doing your due diligence, do your research. You know, if you're going to work for someone, do you have a contract? Who is the company signing the contract? Does that company have a GST number that when you search it up is actually aligned with that company name? Is the address correct? Who's the signing authority? It's really about details with all of these scams 
than it is about kind of the majority. It's so easy to skip the details because we're moving so fast. It's unbelievable how many different uh, lanes we just drove in right there. But all the things that I say lead back to the Better Business Bureau. Um, How can somebody get in contact with you? And what's the easiest way to really get vetted by the Better Business Bureau? Like, for example, I'm not really sure of something. I want to call you guys up. How do I go about that? And uh, how do I feel confident in it? Yeah. So there's a few ways to use the Better Business Bureau's um, resources. One is on bbb.org, almost every business has what we call a business profile. And that means you can go and find out more about them. Complaints will be listed there. Customer reviews will be listed there. There'll be a letter grading and a star rating. So those are things to get you started. You'll know a little bit more background on the company that you want to do business with. If you have a complaint, we also have a line for that. If you want to just call us so that we can help go through the business profile with you, you can do that. But the other thing that's really important, again, at this time of year and any time of year, is to report if you think you've encountered a scam. Whether you fell for it or you were smart enough to elude it, you want to report it. And so bbb.org slash scam tracker is a place you can go to report those incidences. And what that allows us to do is to have conversations like this. I really akin it to calling in the radio station when you see a traffic jam. You're calling to protect the next person. Do the same thing here. Protect the next consumer from a potential like loss leader. Fantastic analogy to wrap up on. Well done, Nisha. Thank you for your time today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Jill Bennett Show podcast. Can't wait for the latest episode to drop? Tune in to the Jill Bennett Show live from noon till 3 on 980 CKNW. Have a question or comment? Send me an email, jill at cknw.com. Thanks again for listening.